Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City. I'm sitting here bright and early this morning at the bright red desk, and it's a rainy, gray Sunday in New York. Not snowing, raining, but it's uh, that kind of misty energy. So t- totally, in, totally in alignment with the heavens, which are kind of full of misty aligning energy. And what we do here on the weekly weekly weather is we talk about what's going on in the heavens above and how it's going to feel down here on planet Earth. And last week we uh, we featured the Chiron stationing, which um, a number of people reported in saying, yeah, you know, really feeling a little melancholy, really feeling a little sad, and kind of digging up the old wounds. So it's stationed, and what's going to happen, just to give yourself a little heads up, what kind of came up for you this weekend, right, or last weekend, and then into the week about Wednesday, Thursday, which was that sense of, gee, I feel a little wounded. I feel my old wounds, you know, my old, thinking about your old boyfriend, thinking about old things that hurt you, hurt your soul. Um, on the 28th, 29th of December, Mars is going to come along and punch Chiron in the nose, Okay. So, you know, somebody was talking to me talking on Tuesday about Chiron stationing on someone's son in Pisces and and how they were really having a very hard time. And uh well, yeah, at the end of the month even <laughs> Mars coming and punching that, right? So kind of just be a little gentle that last 28-29 as Mars hits there and it will feel a little bit like a, you know, kind of a sockamwakum. Now, of course, one of the things in the media these days is uh, Pete Davison, you know, and his mental stability. And, of course, um, we want to watch him because he had a hard weekend last weekend and seems to be having a very hard time. And so that would be his um, his time frame we want to watch, the 28th, 29th, over the holidays. And, of course, it got me thinking about Saturday Night Live and the past, so I pulled up John Belushi's chart. Um, I just was like, when did Belushi die? A lot of the planetary energy in the heavens is the same. I'm not predicting Pete Davison's going to kill himself, but I am saying it's a it's a it's a it's a sad energy, right? It's an energy of tenuousness, an energy of self-destruction sometimes, an energy when you're going to fight with your mother or your father or whoever wounded you're going to want to call him and pick a fight. And just kind of know that it's it's not about them. What happens when we have our Chiron in in our chart? And it's the one I was when I was first learning astrology, and I would talk to people about their Chiron. They would invariably start to cry. You know, they didn't cry about Saturn. Saturn, they just kind of, yeah, it's just my Saturn. You know, but Chiron, it's a soul wound. And the Magi Society recognized when Chiron was discovered in 1977, they do astrology, that that was very, was very often prominent in relationships, really deep personal relationships, particularly the person you were going to marry. And they would look at the Chiron, and I, I must say I use it as a predictor. I'm like, okay, somebody's coming in there, damned if they don't show up, damned if it isn't a soulmate, you know, kind of thing. And uh, so anyway, Chiron placements, when your planet's on someone's Chiron or their planets on yours, they see your soul, right? You know, that whole phrase soulmate or twin flames. Whenever anybody says twin flames, I go, ah, we're going to be looking at a Chiron relationship. So, at any rate, um, 
what happens then, of course, when you break up with that person or you get a divorce with that person, from that person, they know how to go after your soul. They know how to punch you in the gut. They know how to say, you remember when this happened? And often they're mean about it. You know, I've got a client going through a divorce and uh, her soon-to-be ex-husband brings up things deliberately on purpose to wound her, you know, and takes great joy in it. You know, and it's kind of like, okay, pad up. He's going to talk to you, and he's going to bring it up again. You know, pad up that Chiron button. So when it punched, you get the punch to it. It doesn't hurt so much. Um, so our job is with Chiron is to know that the wound is active and it, we're feeling it. And then again, just kind of mark your calendars for gentleness around the 28th, 29th. And if you know somebody who really was melting down last weekend or has been melting down this week, Stay in tight touch with them on the 28th, 29th. Okay, I've got a couple in my life that I'm, you know, hanging out with and making sure they're okay. You know, just kind of checking in a little extra often. And uh, you want to do that now. This is this is a very sensitive time. And, of course, because Mars is at the last degree of Pisces, is in Pisces going towards the anoretic degree and ending, in, ending a two-year cycle in the, uh, of his journey around the sun a two-year zodiac cycle. We also are, it's a big ending time, okay? So gentleness, kindness, compassion towards yourself and others, and uh, an awareness that, you know, is this gray, rainy day a test? It's a little gray and rainy out there right now. Um, or watery, maybe watery is better, because there's, there's a lot of stuff in water up in the heavens. So that's the scoop. All right, so let's talk about this week. And that's kind of last week, this week, last week and two weeks. So now we have this week. This week we come to the summer solstice, or the winter solstice, which marks the sun at the very, very bottom of the ecliptic, way, way down at the Tropic of Capricorn, where he stops, stis, stations, sol, sun, stish, stations for three days. And then he turns and he starts climbing back up towards summer. So technically, the winter solstice is the darkest night. It is the longest night. It is the time when the daylight is the least and the nightlight is the most. And then it starts to shift after the 23rd. Okay, The 22nd, it stops. So it stopped the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And then he begins, the sun begins his climb. And the days start getting a little bit longer minute by minute. Okay, so this week is the darkest week. Ah, you go, the darkest week. I hadn't thought of it that way. Right. So as he does this inevitable journey down, and we light the candles of Sagittarius, right, which is what they're for. I mean, back in the old days, they'd have Saturnals where they would dance and sing and please beg, beg the sun, please come back. Don't leave us forever. If you leave forever, we're in big hoo-hoo. You know, we need, we're not going to have anything grow. We're going to live in darkness, right? So remember, before we understood astronomy, this was a ritual time because it was the darkness and an awareness of the impact of darkness. And it's a good time to uh, bed early, good time for stews, delicious vegetables cooked together to make delicious food, comfort food wrapped up in a blanket with a cup of tea and a good book, um, as we work towards this. And then we enter the sign of Capricorn at the solstice, the very bottom of the chart. And we begin 
officially winter. Okay, winter officially begins. Now, some astrologers use this as the chart for the year, and some astrologers use this as the chart for the season, and they like Aries better uh, as the beginning of the year. I kind of, <laughs> I'm a Virgo. I look at which chart and see which one I like better. Um, you know, every year you might need to change this, you know, because all the rest of the stuff is dependent on it, your New Year's resolutions, all those things. So whatever you feel is the right way for you. But this is an interesting solstice chart. Um, it is, uh, it has, hang on, let me get the chart up here. Um, it's cast for 5.23 p.m., so the sun has set. It has Saturn on the descendant, which is always an interesting energy in terms of working. The sun is on the fixed star acumen, so we see things really clearly. Mercury is conjunct Jupiter, just finished a conjunction to Jupiter on Antares, and both Mercury and Jupiter on Antares, which is the scorpion's claw in the sixth house. So a couple things, you know, focus on the six, focus on the emphasis of the workers, um, so we can't anticipate more layoffs. So do be a little conservative with your Christmas spending um, as we watch other companies shut down, layoff people. There was just something... I saw the other day 2,700 people getting laid off. You know, there was a hospital here in New York where they just fired a whole bunch of people. You know, just kind of kind of be careful with the money. Um, this moon in this chart is on the part of commerce and increase. So the moon's in Gemini, and it, it wants us to grow things, so that's good. And the sun is on the part of faith and suns. So it's, it's you know, having faith and understanding that we're working with this energy as we go forward. And interestingly, Pluto, at 20 degrees Capricorn, is on the part of fortune for the winter solstice chart. Now, of course, we are having a Pluto transit. And, I, you know, I'm always an optimist. Buy one lottery ticket, right? Pluto on the part of fortune. Hey, somebody's going to win it. Um, and maybe it'll make your fortune. But Pluto on the part of fortune also to me, is saying fortunes are leaving. It's in the seventh house. This is a year chart, too. Or if you just do the season, January through. So do pay attention to your financial portfolio. If you're young, hang on to the money. It'll come back. Leave it where it is. If you're older, like me, 64, you know, kind of get some of your stuff in cash because there's going to be a correction. This is the chart for the year or the quarter. But Pluto's on the part of fortune, which suggests that the part of fortune is going to have a Pluto transit, <laughs> which means, you know, you've all had, any of you that have had Pluto transits, you know what that means. So I would just kind of say, you know, economically be be cautious. You know, no, you know, gifts of service, you know, volunteering to walk, rub their feet or something rather than buying them a $10,000 purse. Um, so anyway, we're watching, we're watching for that energy to come in and then, uh, we have no out-of-bounds planets, but it isn't the solstice chart is in the day of Venus and in the hour of Mars, and Venus and Mars are in mutual reception. So that's good, because that allows us to take that Venus and Pisces up there next to Chiron, where we're wounded by love or wounded in love. And then Mars, of course, Venus is in, still in Scorpio. She's also on the world point. Um, and she is uh, getting ready. She's left her shadow now, but she still is hanging out in Scorpio. So she still needs to leave Scorpio. And she is going to have a closing sextile to Pluto in the week ahead. So Venus sextile Pluto gives us an energy of 
transforming love and transforming money. Um, so it's an interesting chart. It's definitely a little stress-based. So I would, you know, I would just encourage you to proceed with caution uh, in this next uh, semester and next semester. Oh, that's um, back to my teaching days. It, proceed with caution in this next season and just be aware of where you're spending money and how you're doing it. So, you know, I take my own advice, and we were having a lot of computer problems. Um, and so I was kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to go buy some new computers. Um, and uh, my, I said something to my accountant, and she said, well, if you're going to spend, spend this year because next year the tax code, blah, 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 blah. Thank you, thank you, Republicans. And um, so then I had the IT guy come over that we use, who's really great. Shout out to Alec at Drive Tech in, uh, in the 80s on the east side. And he came over, and he kind of tinkered with our computers, and a couple hundred bucks later, I'm like, oh, he fixed everything? I don't have to buy any computers, <laughs> which I guess is a good thing. So I'm going to just take that computer money and tuck it aside um, because he fixed everything. So, you know, kind of look at the look at your options in terms of spending. Uh, is it important? Uh, and sometimes you do need to spend, but I don't think I'm buying a new printer and a new uh, couple of computers. I think we're going to continue to work with the ones we have. Um so that's the scoop. We also have a full moon this week on December 22nd on Saturday, and that full moon is at high noon. Um, and so that chart has an Aries rising with Mars in the 12th um, on Chiron. Right. So Mars is getting close to Chiron, and he's actually on the midpoint of Neptune and Chiron. So that full moon can be pretty melancholy, Okay, and that's on the 22nd. And uh, Venus, of course, is on the world point. So um, I had said a couple weeks ago that this was probably going to be a breakup Christmas. Um, that's the breakup day, uh, that full moon a couple days before. So kind of watch for that, that on the 22nd, or if things are hanging out, getting ready to leave, departing. We also had two uh, very prominent astrologers die this week, Robert Schmidt, who did the um, Project Hindsight stuff with Rob Hand and, Rob, and Bob Zoller, and did all the original, a lot of the original translations. You know, in the Dark Ages, the Catholic Church banned uh, a lot of the predictive astrology. And Vatican, interestingly, has the largest collection of astrological literature in the world. They said, no predicting, no predicting, um, you're fighting with God. You can use it for medicine, and you can use it for growing things, but no predicting. So they stopped. So these three guys went down and found all this old literature and started translating them and uh, promoting it in the astrology community, with the result being we have a lot of new Hellenistic or ancient astrologer, uh, people using ancient astrology predictive techniques that had kind of gotten taken out of the middle of our astrology. And Bob Schmidt was one of the leaders of that. And then secondly, Donna Van Tone, who was a wonderful Canadian astrologer, uh, Canadian, she wrote, she had a great conference called SOTA, Straight of, State of the Art, that always took place in the fall of um, the year, and was a mentor to many and a teacher for many, and, you know, always had really, really interesting um, speakers. And she uh, passed also. So we say goodbye to two of our stars, two of our astrological leaders, as they have and dropped the mortal coil and left the earth and handed off into the heavens. So uh, just, you know, remember to touch in with your loved ones. This is a 
this is kind of a, a melancholy Christmas because of the Mars and Pisces and the Chiron and Pisces and just kind of a and it doesn't have to be melancholy, but kind of think of it, you know, I was talking to somebody and I was thinking about Christmas's past. You know, I'm 64, right? So lots of Christmases. And what had happened in previous seasons, you know, like the relatives and the, the hoo-ha. We always had the Christmas Day meal at our house with like 20-some-odd people. Um, very scaled down this year, it's going to be my father and my stepmother and I. And uh, I guess my Aunt Kay and Cousin Susan will be coming too. So, you know, but it's not it's not 25 people, you know, drinking and dancing and having fun. Um, not that we danced, but you know what I mean. We did drink. Uh, so I think watching this week ahead, you know, and just kind of being, you know, the consciousness, the memories of times gone by, the people that have left your life or the people that have, um, moved on or you've moved away from or you you know friends you haven't been in touch with or that you lost touch with um, it's, it's definitely a time to kind of go through those reminiscences. and I know a few people who are clearing stuff out shredding papers throwing things away and running into their life you know earlier times in their life and that definitely counts as part of the part of the energy of this season all right so forward to the moons so right now the moon's in Aries, and it'll be in Aries tomorrow, and it goes void on uh, 221 with a conjunction to Uranus on the 18th. So it's a good day to get your fight on, get your mojo going, get your go-go-do-it stuff going. Uh, moon is void on the morning of the 18th and goes into Taurus at 4.37 a.m. And it's in Taurus. These are Eastern times, just for your time zone. It goes into Taurus at 4.37 a.m. It's in Taurus the 18th and the 19th. And it goes void at 7.42 p.m. with a sextile to Mars. Again, the 19th and the 20th are good for getting things accomplished, for launching things out into the world that need uh, to be received gently and kindly, whereas the 16th and 17th are a little more combative. The, uh, the moon's void then the evening of Wednesday, and it goes into... Gemini on the 20th at 9.34 a.m. And it's in Gemini on Thursday and Friday, and it, and Saturday it goes void at 9.21 with a, a sextile to Uranus. So again, a nice day, but because moon's in Gemini, a little indecisive, right? Then the moon is void for a couple hours in the morning on Saturday morning, and it goes into Cancer at 11.28 a.m., it's in Cancer then. We have the full moon at 12.49 p.m. right after that. And the full moon's at zero Cancer on the world point. So expect this full moon to bring all sorts of important things to light as it happens, right? And, but it is in the house of work and daily routines for the culture. But in the world, it's, it's an illuminative, hey, we're going to tell you what's been going on. Um, and... So it's in Cancer on Saturday, on Sunday, and then it goes void on Monday at 9.50 a.m., and it goes void with a square to Uranus. So the stuff that comes out on that Cancer moon does have a hard ending, okay? Because moon square Uranus, moon in Cancer square Uranus and fire kind of blows up a little. Um, so just know that that's got, a, that's got a little potential there, and then we roll into Christmas. Um, Christmas this year is on Tuesday, and it's a Leo moon, 
and the moon is trying to the Uranus. So that actually Christmas Day will be nice, but people can have a lot of trouble over the weekend, you know, with that moon in Cancer squaring Uranus. We're just a little more sensitive and a little more prone to emotional outbursts, <laughs> which is always fun at Christmas time. All right, so on to the days of the week. Sun this week goes from uh, 24 Sag to 4 Capricorn. Entering Capricorn on the 21st uh, and 522 p.m., starting the new season, starting the new year, depending on how you want to take it. Um, The sun is aspecting the nodes of fate on the 18th, so pay attention to who you meet then. There also is a biquintile to Juno, which indicates that it's an interesting person you might want to partner with. Sun is square Chiron on the 19th at 5.02. Remember, Chiron is... Even though he's stopped, he's moving very slowly. And as the sun in Sag comes to square him, you may find you're feeling a little impatient with someone who's feeling sorry for themselves or feeling unhappy. Or if you're one of those people feeling sorry for yourself and unhappy with this Chiron stuff, this may be a call to action. Please proceed with caution. It's a square. And with Sag really feeling a little over the top, uh, we want to kind of give it a be, co- be conscious, be cautious, check in on people that are having a hard time. If you're one of those people and if you are having a hard time, remember it's a transit. It goes away. Sun trines Uranus on the 20th, which is unexpected activity of a positive or negative nature. Remember, it's fire trine. Fire spread quickly. We just saw that in California. Um, and we want to kind of be a little aware. And also on that day, be a little conscious of candles. That's uh, the 20th. Um, as I said, fire spreads quickly. We talked about the sun entering cap. And then after the sun enters cap, it has a bunch of quintiles on the 22nd and the 23rd with helping you see patterns, with helping you understand deep emotional truths, and with helping you work out where you tend to like to suffer. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and we were talking about suffering. And someone said to me, well, you know, they like to suffer. And I'm like, what? And, you know, and it's not my worldview, you know. I mean, I certainly have had my share of suffering, but I don't want to stay in a suffering place. And they said, no, no, they like to suffer. And I was like, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. So kind of work, look where you like to hold on to the suffering. Because with the sun squaring Chiron, you know, suffering's part of life. It's one of the things that happens to us. But we don't have to hang on to it and live in it although some of us do, because it's familiar, and we know it, and we suffered. You know, I'm not going to say you didn't suffer. But so this week there's a questioning of the suffering, whether you're questioning it yourself, whether someone questions it of you. It's also reality, so we don't want to deny reality and say no suffering, no suffering, because it happens. But kind of, you know, take suffering and sit down with it and give it a chat. You know, ask it, say, you know, I, I know I like to suffer around this point. Um, you want to talk, well, you want to have a conversation about it and see if suffering wants to chat you up and and help you understand why it's fun or why it's there or why it's a place you go or why it's a place you avoid, right? Because sometimes people avoid suffering and they leave rather than deal with it. They ghost it's a great suffering word. Um, any rate, so that's so this looking at that. 
that's the week of the 23rd, 24th for the sun, an awareness. And of course, by then, he's gone into Capricorn, uh, so he's really focusing. He's he's working with Saturn, right? Having you take stock. Mercury this week, Sag, Sag, Sag all the way. Okay, so he's got a lot of aspects. He's moving fast. He's moving from 4 to 13. Um, and he's cleared his shadow, so he's a happy guy. And he has a semi-square to Pluto, so he's kind of in the mood for a fight on the 17th. He's annoyed on the 20th, and capital A, annoyed. But he has a conjunction to Jupiter and a sextile to Vesta on the 21st. So that's kind of cleaning up the house and coming up with a new plan and saying, okay, this is the vision, this is where I'm going, forward we go. He also has a semi-sextile to Saturn, which is negotiations on things, and he has an aspect to the nodes of fate on the 22nd. So you want to pay attention to what the deals are that are cut. He also has a sesquiquadrate and a biquintile to the nodes of fate, which encourage us to um, expand how we're doing. And then he has uh, aspects to Uranus on the 24th, Mercury sesquiquadrate to Uranus, which is kind of unexpected news. And he also has a parallel to Jupiter on the 24th, which is usually good news, okay? And then Mercury squares Neptune, which has a sense of a bit of melancholy on the 24th. So Christmas Eve is a little bit mixed. Um, But, you know, it's not bad mixed. It's just mixed. Venus this week, as we mentioned before, has a sextile to uh, Saturn. She also is an orb of her sextile to Pluto, which happens next week. Um, So when she sextiles Saturn on the 16th, she's in a working aspect with him, getting ready to wrap up the cycle, because when she gets to Capricorn, they start a new cycle. So this is the wrap-up close for Venus for the last year. Get your bills out, do your bills, or do inventory, work on your taxes, adjust your movement, you know, figure out what you got to spend for the new year or figure out what you're doing with your taxes in the new year, invest in your 401Ks, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Venus trines Neptune on the 21st, which is really a nice energy. That's got a lot of energy around positive stuff. So in the middle of this hard energy, there's also this positive kind of happy, you know, with Venus and Capricorn remembering, you know. And a lot of times, you know, you get out those Christmas ornaments or you get those Christmas cards from people you haven't heard from in a while. Um, I know my college roommate this year is going to be mailing me wedding pictures because her kids got married, you know, her son got married. Um, So it's got an energy of, you know, oh, remembrance but but, but connection. Uh, Mars this week has a sextile to Pluto on the 17th, so that's a get out the door and get going. And he also has a sextile to uh, partnership. He's got a very forward motion energy. And he also parallels partner, and he says, okay, what are we doing and how are we doing it? So Mars is in a positive mode, even though he is in Pisces. He's really working hard with the Earth energies this week, trying to manifest and grow things. And then Vesta, of course, is sextile Uh, to Jupiter, which is about cleaning out your house, changing your home, getting your house up in order, and that's on the 21st also. Um, And Jupiter parallels Vesta on the 22nd, so that's a home and hearth clearer. And then last but not least, uh, Pluto sextiles the partnership planet on the 23rd, inviting us into new partners or inviting us to deepen our partnerships. Um, This is a, if if you're not breaking up, this is a commitment Christmas. Rings on fingers kinds of things. Um, So watch for that. And then Juno stations to turn direct 
on the tw- on the 23rd and Juno is the planet of partnerships so a lot of relationships and partnerships are kind of under under consideration under review being paid attention to um okay so a little advertising uh the Tuscany trip May 9th to May 15th great christmas present Mention it to your relatives, money for Christmas. It's a nice, cheap, you know, you want money to go on the trip. Um, also, we're going to be doing a webinar in the year ahead. Information's on my website, so you can buy buy a seat. And Rose, in her wonderful fashion, said, hey, we have to put out last year's webinar so people can do a review. So last year's webinar is out there for free. You can download 2018 and get that um, and listen to it and review your year as you get ready to leap into the new year. As Mars is in the last degree of Pisces, it's a great time to kind of do dreaming, uh, to take some extra time under the Christmas tree or gazing into a candlelight or next to the menorah or under the 2019 sign (laughs) um, in Times Square and go, yeah, what's my dream? What's my old dream? Wrapping up, wrapping up. What's my new dream coming in, coming in? And Mars on Mars on Neptune is the dream. We had a conjunction a couple of weeks, last two weeks ago, I think. And once it gets into Aries, January 1st, it's full steam ahead. This is your last little bits of being able to float and kind of take it easy and not too crazy. So do enjoy this, this next couple of weeks. And then just be aware that that Chiron is sitting there, stationed, stopped, and Mars is going to punch them on the 28th, 29th, which I will remind you of next week. But it is with the energy of suffering in the air or the the possibility of of staying in the suffering. And I would encourage you to go to other forms of Neptune, put on music, dance, go walk in the rain, lay on a bed and dream, watch a happy movie, um, that there is a melancholy. So uh, pay attention and take care of yourselves. And I'll see you all back here next week at the Weekly Weather. Have a great week. Bye.